Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko, surrounded by my betters. On this side, the newest uh, addition to the Five Heart Show, and you know him from uh, a, a not forgotten, but uh, uh, a show from the past, I suppose. The Big Red Cobcast, uh, Ryan Tweedy. Hello, Ryan. Hi, guys. And this guy, whoop, nope, this guy over here, I'll get it right eventually, uh, he needs no introduction. He is the founder and fearless leader of coordination.com, Mr. John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. Hi. How are you doing? It's a beautiful Thursday night for the NFL draft. It is. I just found out. Why the out hell did the Packers? Why did the Packers take that son of a bitch from Iowa? Why did they do that, Greg? Uh, to cause you uh, internal confliction. Yeah, it's just not a pick you make there. I didn't. Get, I don't know. Move on. I don't know. The Steelers picked up uh, some help on the offensive line, so that was. Are you guys talking about the draft? Yes, yeah, sir. The draft. Did you watch any the, of the draft, Ryan? No, I don't give a shit. I didn't think so. I was a I, Houston Oilers fan, and then when the Houston Oilers that. became like once Warren Moon left, and then McNair left, and then they went to the then the Oilers left. Titans. <laughs> it was all like. I was out. The only way they'll ever get me back is if they either Nebraska gets a pro team or they Houston Texans buy the rights to the Oilers and they become the Oilers again. Wow. That'd be that'd be good. That'd be legacy, you know. Uh, they'll never do it. No. They man. tried to do it and they said no. Uh, so the first overall pick in the 2023 draft was uh, Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama, to the Carolina Carolina Panthers. And the second pick uh, in the draft was C.J. Strout to, oddly enough, the Houston Texans. Uh, but uh, players have been selected from Illinois, Northwestern, Iowa State, um, and, and, of course, Iowa, all before Nebraska. So think about that. Think about where we are and how far we've fallen. The Northwestern dude was apparently not at the draft, even though he was a top 10 pick. He was having his draft party at a pizza place and didn't allow any media. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the way to do it. Why do we need all the uh, all the pomp and circumstance, you know? Because it's your, it's your moment. Maybe he's if, just a low-key guy. My guess. Well, there's a lot to get into this week on the show. We want to uh, uh, extend a, a hearty welcome to everybody joining us live. Uh, we realize that the new time is, is going to throw some of you off, and, and that's why a few minutes into this we have so far nine, nine, nine. participants. 
That we know that number. Oh, we're in double digits now. Okay, I feel better. Uh, but it's been a busy week uh, for Nebraska athletics, and we're going to touch on, uh, of course, football in the spring game, uh, volleyball. But John, uh, I, at least for a couple minutes, want to talk about baseball. Why? Because they finally beat U- University of Nebraska Omaha. Well, that's good. And then they lost to South Dakota State or something. Yeah. So not uh, the best stretch in the middle of the season for uh, the Huskers on the ball field uh, uh, being swept by Iowa. Can I ask you guys a question about baseball? Yes, Go sir. ahead. Why do we call it a sport? <laughs> <laughs> you know, technically Hemingway said there's only three sports. So baseball's in those non-sport area too, I think- along with football. Oh, football? Oh, he's wrong about that. Well, Hemingway said there's only three sports. What was it? Boxing, fight, fighting, and bullfighting. Bullfighting, bull motor racing, and mountaineering. Racing. That's it. All the rest are merely games. Um, yeah, so, like, people do it drunk. It's like bowling. It's, bowling is not a sport. It's a recreational activity. But it, depends just- how you, it depends how you do it. You know what? I, Mr. Tweedy... Those guys can throw. Those guys in college can now throw a hundred mile an hour fastball. So I think that quantity. You know what I mean? Have you ever had a hundred mile ball thrown at you? No. Of all the balls you've had to deal with in your life, <laughs> has any, any one of them ever come at a hundred miles an hour? Probably not. So I think that would make it a sport. I, I just don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I just think if there's no, if there's, if you can do it drunk. A dude threw a no-hitter tripping on acid. I'd like to see someone... I'd like to see uh, uh, someone, um, you know, play football tripping on acid and see how that goes for him. Like, do a, just a kick return while tripping on acid. <laughs> Doc welcome Ellis, back, by the welcome way. Welcome back, Ryan Tweedy. I, I, <laughs> I looked that up. I hadn't heard that story. 47 years ago. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, gosh, I got to do math. 53 years ago, uh, in 1970, Doc Ellis on, on yeah. Uh, Dude, on have you, you've never heard that before? No. Never heard that? Oh, there's a video about it that is phenomenal where he recounts the story and it's like half animated and he's talking about what he's seeing. Um, <laughs> who is Matt Hansen? <laughs> Well, Greg, who's Matt Hansen? Matt's one of our regular Chatterfields. Cool. Um, and I believe, if, if memory serves me right, he lives in uh, the great Cornhusker state, particularly in the uh, uh, Shadron area. And for those of you who are asking what the hell we're talking about, Matt is questioning, bouncing, uh, essentially quoting Tweety, saying, why is baseball a sport? Play football on acid? Yikes. Hi, Matt. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I am not a major league baseball fan, and my whole family really hates baseball. But I do, and I like college baseball because I don't know. I just think it's a you. You can get closer to the players. You can get closer to the. You know why? To the teams. Why? Because nobody's watching it, so there's more available room to get near the players. No, well, that's not. True. They, you know, the people that are at the games are watching it, and sometimes that's all it counts. I mean, I don't watch Major League Baseball on TV. 
I honestly don't know why you would. I think baseball at a park or baseball on a radio are pretty, you know, they're not bad. Plus, what it does, what it does, Mr. Tweedy, is give us something to talk about besides football, 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 football. Right. Okay. Uh, Fred says, uh, I also agree with Tweedy. I don't get baseball. It's a thing I drink beer at and have a bratwurst during the College World Series. See? See how that works? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, it's like fishing for me. You know, if I can if I can drink a beer at it, it's a good time. Is it a sport? Fishing? Yeah. It's an activity. Agree. Okay. Do they do they have uh, like softball leagues out out in your neck of the woods, Tweety? California. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay. Have, just check. It. They have everything here. They have Would, cricket out here. Do they really? I didn't know that. Well, yeah. That's well. That's I, more NorCal, but yeah, they do. I mean, they probably do have it here too. I still remember. Uh, can, can we uh, wax nostalgic for a minute? Mm-hmm. Oh God, sure. I, I just want to uh, uh, credit, you know, it, it, and look, I've, I've, I've said this on the record on the Five Heart Podcast before, I love the Big Red Cobcast, and uh, some episodes, obviously, you know, like the, you know, the weekend of a game, they're not so, you know, they don't have that longevity, but there are a lot of great interviews, uh, great conversations locked into the archives of the Big Red Cobcast, but I like the production element as a as a fellow audio uh, engineer from you know back in the day and, and putting together uh, elements of, of broadcasts. I really liked some of the intros that that you guys had. I don't know if you worked on That's most right. of those, and um, but just really good, really good stuff of like from Van Nuys, California, you know, things oh, like that. So uh, no, I actually a good friend of mine is a producer at. Um, I forget. Basically, iHeartRadio, but it's one of the biggest premier premier digital. Or I forget what it's called, but um, he made those for us, and then the Killigans made one for us. I remember that one. And uh, my buddy Nick did one for us that everybody hated. <laughs> it was the uh, the Big Red Copcast is where I heard of the Killigans and uh, and and the Cornhusker uh, song that they have yeah. so so they're uh, dope people are shitting all over that song and i just don't get it man it's a great song i maybe will maybe there will be some comments in that i i enjoy the song i enjoy that that style of music uh you know dropkick murphy's you know etc so uh i'm i'm you know what if the killigans ever made it this far east i'd, I'd probably go try to check them out so yeah. i don't um, think they're doing tours i don't think they're quite there yet well you know someday they're good guys though I've talked to him several times. Uh, Fred uh, asks his weekly question, what's Greg drinking? I've had a long day, so it went from local beer to Belgian beers uh, to some odd smoked barrel aged vodka. Uh, it'll be too frosted to Uber before too long. Uh, I'm I'm still drinking the same I was drinking last week, Fred, which is the Sam Adams Alpine Lager. So, got a couple Wait, more wait a minute. What? Are you wearing a Texas Longhorn shirt? This? Yeah. No. That's what it looks like to me. Well, read what it says. I can't read it. It's a tiny little webcam photo of me, for God's sakes. It says beef it's, jerky. Oh, okay. It's jerky. That's, yeah, that's 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 different. That's not a Texas Longhorn Jeez, shirt. John. Okay, fine. That's my I'm thing. Just, if, if I find out players make a shirt, I'll buy their shirt. Okay. 
So if anybody knows of any players making shirts, I'll buy it. I'd rather do that than go buy an Adidas shirt. Fair point. <laughs> I'm wearing an I mean, Adidas I shirt right now. Wrong. I got Adidas shirt. Uh, we got a few more. Uh, uh, I don't want yeah, baseball complaints. I suppose we'll call them. Um, and this from from Joel Tilson. I don't like the ping of the aluminum bats in college baseball. Um, I think it's I think not it's as just, bad as it used to be. And, and it's more just composite. It, it's just caught you right, but it's just cost effective to have aluminum bats rather than wooden bats, right? For for these programs. Yeah. That's what I thought. And then Vince Watson, I think Tweedy might agree with this one. Baseball died when they quit allowing steroids. <laughs> wow. Steroids is really the way to go for pretty much everything. I just don't understand. The old Bill Romanowski approach? Well, I mean, I just don't get it. Take this. It makes you better. Makes your ball smaller. Makes you faster. Makes you stronger. And let's face it, for a lot of these people... What's wrong? Everything about that is a positive. A lot of these guys probably shouldn't be having children anyway, so smaller balls is probably... I don't think that even affects your ability to have children. I'm just saying, who in the world is like, you know what I want is bigger balls? My balls are humongous. <laughs> I would take steroids alone just, just just to shrink my balls. No other reason. If they're like, you know what, it's not going to make you stronger, it's not going to make you faster, um, nothing. But your balls will be, the size of your, the volume of your balls will be cut in half. I'm in like Flynn. While we're in the well, neighborhood. Well, there you go then, yeah. <laughs> you asked for it, guys. I, I, I can't. Yeah, we did. It. We did. I, we're we're going to have to get used to this. I, I can't believe I'm going here. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, look, if you're, a, if you're a listener of the Big Red Copcast or we're a listener of the Big Red Copcast, you know, when you're in the neighborhood of, of Tweety's Balls, you have to mention the prolapse danus. Oh, the do I? What do you want me to answer about it? Do I have one? I mean, you know, what what would they, what did they say that your butthole fell out or something? Yeah, they say my butthole fell out because what happened was I couldn't race Joe because I tore the connective tissue between my ass and my other ass. I don't know. It, I don't remember. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Pulled the connective tissue, and so Joe said I wouldn't race him because my asshole fell out, which isn't true. And then what? My asshole is perfectly intact. Glad if anybody wants to DM me, and I'll send you a pic. You just have to ask for it. I'm not gonna do it. You have to ask for it. That way, I have proof you asked for it. And then, and then, my connective tissue did heal. And I beat the shit out of Joe in a race because he fell over in the first five feet because he's <laughs> 80 years old. I remember this. Oh, my God. Okay. Fred says, uh, uh, this is Fred. I'm quoting direct quote. Fred says, quote, I watched John's butthole fall out several times the last few years. It was painful. Well, John, you want to uh, tell us about that experience? No, not okay. really. John wow, stayed with me one time for like five days, um, and he came out in the morning with his shirt off, and he has very extremely hairy nipples, to the point where I gave him a razor, and he refused to trim them. You guys got to get together uh, this past week after the spring game, did you not? Mm-hmm. We did. Well... 
I want to I want to know more about that. But Cornborn Mike says, I knew we'd be talking ball games here, but dot 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 dot. <laughs> Laugh crying emoji. So always fun. Uh, what'd you guys uh, just you know? Obviously, we'll talk about the spring game. That's that's you know top of the headline and and one of the biggest headlines of the week. What'd you guys do? Just grab a quick bite or some coffee or. I don't know. Do either you guys drink coffee? I know John doesn't drink drinks, so. He snuck into my hotel and ate a free breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no. I did. It, you, you know, it, we went to the, the uh, I went to the embassy suites, and when I came downstairs, sweetie, I noticed one of the hotel workers was watching me. And I was kind of nervous. That's why I said, do I need to pay for this? And you're like, just go get a breakfast. And this guy kept watching me and watching me. And when I when I get, got up to go get coffee, he followed me over to get the coffee. And I thought, okay, you know, this guy's going to give me some hell about eating for free at Embassy Suites. And he walks over to me and he leans over and he goes, I love your YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the spring game? And then I talked to him for a bit and I thought... Okay, well, nobody gave a shit that I I had free biscuits and gravy. There you go. There's no is, way they knew. It's a good heart food. It's a heart healthy food. Biscuits. Yeah, and no gravy. shit. You tell me shouldn't be eating biscuits. I didn't even think about that. I never I never touch that stuff unless I stay in a hotel and then it's biscuits and gravy. I feel bad because I feel like hotel biscuits and gravy is probably not the best biscuits and gravy you could have. It's you know I've traveled the world and if you can have, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> It isn't. It's usually just like, uh, okay, this is the way mom used to make it, runny and uh, not meatful. Yeah. Well, I wanted to use that as just a little bit of a buffer from what we were talking about. Obviously, you know, baseball uh, winning, or I'm sure losing four of the last five, and then it's Minnesota this weekend. Um, Yep. But I want to talk about Memorial Stadium, and more specifically – about that volleyball team selling out Memorial Stadium in just under forty-two. I'm sorry, forty-eight hours. And I have a graphic. Can I can I share the graphic, John? Oh, okay. Are you nervous about the graphic? I mean, it's no. Just a graphic. I just I'm wondering why you're asking me. I don't know. I feel like it's my job to ask permission. So ESPN tweeted, of course, Nebraska volleyball retweeted. Uh, Atmosphere is going to be rocking. Hus- at Husker V Ball sold out uh, tickets to its August volleyball match in just 48 hours, and 82,900 fans will be on hand to watch uh, what's going to be a record attendance for volleyball. Uh, Tweety, I, I don't know how much you follow volleyball, but certainly the just the fact that. Uh, uh, you know, it's Nebraska's, you know, most competitive sport at this point, I feel like, <laughs> you know, uh, but but quite a feat, right, for, for Volleyball Day at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't 93,000 a sellout, though? That's all I'm saying. Well, I think in this case, they're, number one, they're doing stuff to the stadium right now where the, oh, this, okay, there's a whole bunch of renovation going on. So, like, like when we were watching the spring game, the uh, – East side, walk. all of the club, the second level club seats and everything. Nobody was in those because they're ter- per- they're currently being all. I don't. Is, something's being done to them. Are they it's, playing? A, are they playing a volleyball game at Memorial Stadium? Yes, yes sir. Is it an important game? No, sir. No, it's okay, it's like exhibition. Right. They're they having Nebraska teams play there. So like UNO 
uh, maybe Wayne State. <laughs> I don't think Creighton, Creighton is involved in this, are they? They don't get an invitation. They're not they're worthy. Not in yeah. Nebraska school. And and then they're going to have like a a artist play, like a you know a Taylor Swift is going to play. It, it's not. Is it? It's not Taylor Swift. No, it's Weird Al. That. <laughs> All right. I, I think you just got a lot more attention uh, from from the viewers. No, it, but it'll be fun. Um, it'll be good. Uh, but uh, going back to what you said about making the changes at Memorial Stadium. They're moving the tunnel walk. Uh, you know, they were talking. I think Trev was saying last week that that the tunnel walk um, entrance for the spring game is going to be the last time that it you know comes from that corner. I think it's going to be the other corner on that side. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's going to be the north uh, east corner. I, th- I guess. I don't know. There, there's so much. Tweety, did you go down there? No, no. Because oh my God! There is so much construction going on down there. Everything's yeah. getting moved around. It was this too cold. giant. It was yeah. Remember last time you were on? You said you were going to take your son to the game. And we I said, was. Yeah, no. My wife wouldn't let me. <laughs> it was too cold. Yeah. And it I really was... wanted to be. I really wanted to watch the game with him. So, um, um. So yes, you will I have- in the in the Rose, uh, not Roosevelt, the uh, Embassy Suites. You will have years ahead. Mm-hmm. Owen says uh, in regards to the attendance, he says he believes they're talking about selling more tickets to make it around ninety thousand. I don't know. I haven't heard that. I they might have standing room only uh, type of tickets. Um, I think that the thing is, is that. Around 95,000 is the top women's attendance. In other words, for any women's sport is gotcha. around 95,000. So what'd they sell? 82, 82.9? 82.9. Keep, keep in mind, people that are in the stadium are going to account for attendance too. So if you bring in, I don't know, 1,000 band members or some damn thing or 9,000 whatever members, media members, that you're going to you know break this record. Fred Sacco says, uh, in regards to the post-match, post-event uh, entertainment, oh, it's going to be Fred Sacco stole my line. Sorry, <laughs> going to be that John Johnston. No, the, the next one up. That's what it's going to. That was going to be my answer to Joel Tilson. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll get there. Uh, John Johnston and the Sidetrack Sidewinders performing uh, with a lot of panties hitting the stage. That's the granny panties. And then uh, to that end, yes, Joel Tilson says, what's the next improvement for Memorial Stadium? And then Tweety, I'll let you read it. Well, it's just it. Fred Sacco already said it. He said hiring Matt Rule. He beat me to it. He's That's right, it. though. That's a huge – it's a huge – hiring Matt Rule was such a steal, I think. I think he's going to be everything that we thought Scott Frost was going to be. He's Scott Priest. He's Scott Frost with receipts. That's what he is. With maturity? Uh, sure, but also with receipts, which I think is the most important thing. Like, you, we thought Scott Frost was going to do so good after one year, but there's no proof. But with Matt Rule, he's done it time and time again. Like, twice now. Track it's record. They're less, you know... I just think that Matt rules the. I think I. I mean, and maybe I'm just drinking the Kool Aid. Maybe I'm a piece of shit idiot, but I really do think he's going to be. It both could be true. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, <laughs> let's talk about the spring game then. Uh, Tweety, did you actually get a chance to watch it? Most of it. It was. I was in a family reunion with sixty people. Um, I kind of watched the play, like the uh, you know you find on YouTube where they cut out all the bullshit and it's just the whole game in thirty eight minutes or whatever. I watched most of that today. I uh, was out of town, so I had it DVR'd, and for whatever reason, like the DVR started on time, but there was no option to extend it, so I really only got three quarters. I still feel like I got, I don't know, the important parts. Uh, John, you were there. Uh, yeah. Uh, aside from being cold, you know, what was your what was the buzz or the energy in Memorial Stadium as far as new staff, a lot of new faces on the sidelines and on the field? You know, it was fun. I mean, you start out with the new Herbie thing, and I really don't. New Herbie really doesn't do much for me by himself. He I looks mean, like it, a Beverly Hills housewife <laughs> now. He looks like he got chicken plants. <laughs> oh, he, he does. Like- that is that is the weird part. I don't. I don't get the cheek implants either. I didn't. I it's really cr- didn't. It get doesn't that. make any sense. Like, why could you, you can, just give us the Herbie we've been asking for? Why do you have to be? Why do you have to make it all weird? I just give us the fat. Farmer Herbie, not the fat farmer Herbie that doesn't want to age. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't give us, give us fat farmer Herbie. It was a good entrance. It was fun. And it started from there. And then you had the first play with the fullback trap. And then you had Frank Solich. I think people had a lot of fun, uh, you know, even though it was windy and cold. And they, you know, put it this way, the atmosphere the year before was watching touch football and honest to God, everybody in the stadium, there was no energy. Uh, the biggest cheer was a punt. I mean, it was dead. Everybody was like, oh, my God, we still have to convince ourselves this is going to work for another few months. They didn't know it, but they knew it. They did. I think people knew it, but they just didn't want to go, oh, be the first one to go, oh, God, this is a failure to stop. But they didn't. You know, and this year it was, you know, people, what we saw was Jeff Sims uh, become a starter, I think. I, because of the circumstances, I I don't know if there's a way that Jeff Sims doesn't start. Because if Casey Thompson is healthy in this offseason and, and, you know, no surgery and he's not, um, you know, rehabbing and recovering, he's participating you have a really clear quarterback battle, but you don't. So really, you have Jeff Sims as the front runner, and I agree. I think it was you or Todd who said it uh, Monday night in the Monday Night Therapy. It's uh, Jeff Sims' job until he gets hurt, and then it's Casey Thompson. Now it'd be why nice is to that? go. Why? Do, why are we saying that? I think it's because it's new staff, new new system <laughs> that that's implemented, and. I mean, this is just me. I I may be way off base. No, I hear it from a lot of people. I just don't. I mean, I like Casey Thompson. I like Jeff Sims for so far. I like them both. I, I think the thing that I would say to that question is uh, coming into the game, the end of the game, I thought Jeff Sims was going to be a completely inaccurate, you know, YOLO bomb wacko. And I think he threw the ball well. He got the ball out fast. And I think he just adds more. If you can have a guy who can throw on the run, can get the ball out quick, depending on our offensive line. He's so sure-footed on the running, though. Like, I was more impressed with his passing than I was his right. ability to get outside. Like, he's not the next Tommy Frazier. No, he's not. That's true. But at the same time, they're trying I mean, to learn He's not even really offense. the next Taylor Martinez, if we're being honest. 
Like, he can pass better. He, he could be the next Jamal Lord. Maybe, because Jamal uh. Lord didn't pass. Well, no, but that's the thing. He passes. Like, I guess my point is, is that we, I think people are pitching him as this running quarterback, right? And if Taylor Martinez could just, he was like, he was like the movie Zoolander, the guy that couldn't turn left. You know how Ben Stiller couldn't turn left in Zoolander? I feel like that was basically what Taylor Martinez was. He could go in a straight line, but the second he had to do anything laterally, it was he was just breaking his own ankles. Yeah, he was, I mean, yeah, he's just kind of a dummy, right? Um, uh, have you uh, have you been waiting three years to use the Zoolander thing? No, I just thought of it now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, all right, so we have some uh, we have some comments about the quarterbacks. Uh, Joel Tilson says, uh, "Quick and simple, Sims looks promising." Uh, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Uh, Josh Hansen says, uh, "We're going to need them both, and neither finished a season." There's some truth and logic to that. Um, Fred says the quarterback thing uh, is a reverse of what he thought. He figured Thompson, even without the reps, then gets hurt, and then Sims. But we will see. Uh, following up Josh with another one says what was nice about Sims uh, his running was how tough he ran and his size uh, he will in theory be more durable we'll see um, and then we got we'll, we'll get to all the we got more about uh, Herbie and uh, the curse etc um, the, the curse we'll get there okay oh, we'll get there okay yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I don't disagree with what uh, Joel says. Big Ten is tough for quarterbacks. Um, Ohio State doesn't seem to have that problem. Ohio State has offensive line. So it's well, not that's, that the that's Big not... Ten is tough for quarterbacks. It's the lack of an offensive line is in the Big Ten is tough for quarterbacks, right? I, I, love that. It's, I think it's a, it can be a combination of the two. You know, I think that the, the Big Ten uh, – defensive line mentality can can make things difficult for quarterbacks and if you have an inept offensive line you have what Nebraska's had the last six years which is injury plague seasons well I, Ohio State had to Cordell Cardell Jones was like the third string quarterback going into the national title game or whatever it was for Ohio State a few years ago. And then uh oh come on. I just forgot my other beat up quarterbacks. JT Barrett. <clears throat> no, but not Ohio State. I mean there's been you know, they the Big Ten can I think Denard it's a physical Robinson league. got injured by yeah. us, that's the way he won that game. Oh, uh, Joe Bosserman, huh? How about that one? How about that reference? Yeah. Bring Joe Bosserman in because he got Braxton Miller gets hurt playing us. All right, do we want to get into we got we got some things here to clean up about uh, uh, the, the, the mascots. Uh, let's get with this. Uh, let's go back to New Herbie. Fred says I agree with Tweety. The eyes and cheeks look like a hot to trot West Omaha soccer mom. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I don't know. I know what he means by that. I've never seen a West yeah. Ohio soccer mom, but I, I bet Fred's seen a few. So, <laughs> uh, and then Josh says, "Didn't mind the cheeks, but why are his bibs all baggy?" I that seems I I wasn't paying attention that close. Uh, and then hey, we didn't just get new Herbie. 
and and a new coaching staff out on the field. By God, we got a Gatlin gun. And uh, Cornborn Mike says, new Herbie should have stuffed Lil Red into that Gatlin gun and shot him out of Memorial Stadium. Wow. The they brought the Wiener Schlinger to uh, the, uh, where was I, the Embassy Suites, and we're shooting it up like, in the air like that. Yeah. And it was it was very scary, and I didn't like it. <laughs> Why? Because, man, I had a baby, and like, oh, okay. and like just you thought it was going to explode? And fucking, like, <laughs> They're just like willy nilly, like shooting it. People are like leaning over the balcony. It's like, haven't you guys seen those videos from Russia where the? It's crazy, man. I just <laughs> I don't like hot. Dogs. It was bananas, dude. I didn't like. It. You, you know, don't sorry. like hot dogs? You don't hot like. Hot dogs the... are fine, but you know what you could have done. You could have just handed out hot dogs, or you could have thrown like. No, I didn't do that. Like, I don't know, man. I just didn't like the idea of shooting a hot dog gun. Oh my you. god. You're, you're, you're a, a full-on parent now. now. You are a yeah. You are a father now. Hey, Welcome man, to they, the tribe. Tell you right now, if they would have hit my son with a hot dog, I'd have leg kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> I can do right. that. Leg kicks. All right. So I want to know in the comments uh, because John is. I'm not going to say he's a little red apologist, but I think for for me and John. Uh, why do you specifically forget everything? Forget everything you've read on the internet, or but why do you specifically hate Lil Red? While you answer that question, I'm going to read some more of these comments because uh, Joel Tilson says uh, the Solich curse is over? Question mark. Um, and Vince said, uh, Vince Watson says the curse lives on. Lil Red was not sacrificed. Now to refute that claim. Owen Walker is in and says, yes, Coach Solich said he came back and ended the curse. Go Big Red. I don't know if that was actually... Uh, I, who in the media asks Frank Solich that question? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, how does that topic get brought up? It's the same ones that don't ask any meaningful questions to Scott Frost for five years. It's the same media. Well, right, that, is, that is true. All right, it's let's on see the here. minds of the it's on the minds of the fans, and I think Frank Solich has a decent enough sense of humor that you know he took that on pretty well. I thought so too, actually. Uh, Cornborn Mike says it's nothing to do with hating Lil Red. I just like seeing mascots beating the shit out of each other, and that's fair. I mean, I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, Vince Watson says Lil Red's a creepy blow up doll. Well, I know a Lil Red that's sleeping with me tonight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I stole that from myself. <laughs> I don't want anybody to accuse me of being a joke. Thief. Number one, he can bounce on his head, and no no other mascot in college football can do that. And number two, what do you have against blow-up dolls? That's what I would say. I, John, Speak do you know that he's not bouncing on his head, that it's just a guy standing and flipping the thing upside down and then jumping like normal? Why do you have to ruin everything for me? <laughs> John hey, speaking of blow-up dolls, <laughs> Jerry Springer died today. He did. Age of 79. I like how he's like the, the, the guy from the Jerry Springer show and not like the mayor of Cincinnati. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I I feel like one of them was a, a, a longer, you know, career span. Uh all right. Uh terrible just terrible says runs us from the Gatling gun seems more fitting. <laughs> I think they they there's a certain aerodynamics that you can't tell me that the guys that put that whole Gatling gun together didn't go out in Memorial Stadium and shoot all kinds of shit out of it. You know what I mean? I bet they tried runzas and the runzas just exploded coming out of the barrels. Yeah, that's possible. That the hot right. dogs. If you're thinking hot dogs, they probably did. Unless they probably they probably said, "Let's wrap the runzas in t-shirts and shoot those," and then they, you know, come out and then and then somebody in the athletic department said, uh, "That's too expensive." Yeah, you get one or the other, not both. And the runs of people said, if you shoot them like that, they won't see our logos. But you know, you know, they had to shoot a whole <laughs> bunch of different stuff out of one of those. They had things. to test you everything know, out, right? When they were screwing around with it. It's and, not. Look, it, it, I want to. I want to kind of piggyback on what Josh says. Josh says that runs usually explode out of the barrel a few hours after the game. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, it's not the. Uh, uh, Runs is exploding in transit to you. It's it's the uh, it's on the back end, uh, pun intended. Um, all right, so we actually have a legit question about the game for okay. those of you who watched, specifically okay. you, John. Yeah, you remember how the game opened up, right, John? Yes, a fullback trap. Well, yeah, and then they carry the watch the game. Well, you know what I mean. Um, and then they carried the game ball over to Frank Solich and handed it off to uh, the old ball coach. Vince Watson says, how many times after the first play did the fullback get the ball? Well, one of them was a fumble, so technically I guess he didn't get the ball because <laughs> he didn't take Never had the, the opportunity. handoff. And I, I think there were a couple more runs after that with the fullback. I think it'll be interesting so. to see see what we actually implement for an offense. You know what I mean? How they're going to move around, what they're going to do. Uh, I I don't know. Dude, that I, that I, fullback was so small. It looked like we got him from Deion Sanders. <laughs> oh, don't worry, we're going to get there. Uh, I, who what, I, was it? Jamaron Bonner was a fullback on the fumble. But yeah, they're they're basically tight ends lining up at at, at fullback, and I imagine they're going to move around. And you know what I mean. We're going to see a lot of shifting. I don't know. That's what I mean. I, I guess the other thing I would take away from a spring game is uh, we saw an offense that people were still trying to learn and really didn't have a great handle on. So, and that's fair. And and part of that is you know new staff, new system. Part of that is you know transfer portal acquisitions. Uh, and look. We're going to talk about some of the transfer portal departures, uh, and then don't worry, we're going to get there. We're going to talk about Colorado, but it, it it's just going to take time. And and how are you supposed to learn? Because correct me if I'm wrong. I I trust both of you with this knowledge more so than myself. Like football, the off season is here, so you can do maybe some lifting and things like that. But you can't like have practice and run plays, right? I mean, like, they're not to say they had to hand playbooks back, right? But what what's what are the rules now that spring ball is over? 
probably I don't know the exact rule. This is why you need a Pat Jansen. So, but I think that it's something like, if I remember correctly, like basically no organized practices and stuff. But but like Duvall had his brother up there, um, you know, in Omaha, running that whatever. And I'm sure there's going to be stuff like that going on where they can still, you know, get together and work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just maybe Matt Rule can't. I, I wish I, I'm just bullshitting. My you know brain. what? <clears throat> we have new stuff now. You know, they have Huddle, that company. Yep. You guys familiar with Huddle? Mm-hmm. Well, what they're probably, what they will probably do is they will uh, give all of these players uh, get like tape or plays or things that they can look at and huddle and say, you guys need to get together and practice X, Y, Z. So they can't be with them to coach him, but they probably could still up, you know, they can, well, I know they're going to do the huddle thing. Okay. That's what you're going to do during the off season is guys are still probably getting together to practice stuff. And the play, the coaches will put stuff on hub, huddle for them to look at and get familiar with. Also, <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would bet that they're going to illegally have practices. With, Whoa. Do you think they'll videotape them this time? <laughs> I don't think they'll be that stupid because they're not drunk idiots. <laughs> Fred Fred says we're in good shape. The team didn't have organized practices the last five years. <laughs> That's a good point. That is you know what's point. crazy, though? That it, I, As much as it's fun to shit on Scott Frost, I just think he was in over his head. If I remember when Big Ten came to his – the first practice that the Big Ten came to under Scott Frost, they said, was the most organized they'd seen in Nebraska, that there wasn't a minute wasted. Like, when they would put the balls away, I remember them specifically saying they would do, like, the West Coast weave to get the balls back. So, like, they were even practicing those little things that never really come up. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think Scott Frost wasn't trying. I think he was just in over his head and uh, got a little too drunk, a little too much. That's that's as good an assessment of the the Frost era that I I think we're gonna ever. Well, you know, five ten years from now, somebody's gonna write a book. You know, that's gonna happen. They already wrote a comic book or something about him, right? Or didn't I they have mean, something they, from the they, Omaha World Herald? Aftermath. Right. You mean there not, w- less sunshine pumping? <clears throat> yeah, there was a comic book, and then there was a book I saw at uh, at the Nebraska bookstore. There was one copy left of the Omaha book about the Scott Frost returning home, you know, guy from the heartland kind of thing. So Josh uh, says, and, and I think kind of piggybacking on, on what you said, Tweety, and, and also what John and Todd were talking about Monday night, uh, I think Scott came in and was pumped. Uh, then so much weird shit happened, and he found out it wasn't easy, and he checked out. Um, going back to, you know, I, I've said this for a couple of years, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, make excuses, but since Todd brought it up, and Todd definitely would never make excuses, he talks about that Akron game that was I supposed did, to kick I'm, off the 2018 season. You know? I feel like that game... I don't know. It was like the it was like the best if somebody said describe the Scott Frost tenure, I think you can just play 
what didn't happen of the Akron game, like the the hour waiting up for the game, just play and be like, that's the Scott Frost in here. There's a lot of waiting and then boop, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've okay. got back-to-back. I, I do want to, uh, you know, turn the page, you know, close the, the discussion on Frost, but two two things. One is comedic and one is a, a serious question. So we'll start with Fred first. <laughs> he says, uh, in 15 years, they'll bring him back at the spring game to name the margarita machine and the paternity suit hideout room for him. <laughs> And uh, and and then Cornborn Mike says, "What was so different from Frost's time at UCF in the Big Ten that he couldn't get it together?" And look, I, I I I'm we I'm very curious to see how the next few years go in Boulder, Colorado, because we could say a very similar thing about Deion Sanders. They're not equitable leagues. No. No. I don't think so. Tweety, answer that question. They're not the same thing. No, I mean, answer that guy's question. Why uh, what do you think he did it at UCF and he couldn't get it together? In well, the because, so first of all, everybody acts like he didn't, that he had, that they went from like 1 and 11 to undefeated in one season or whatever, which, I mean, on paper is true. But that team that he had two years prior won a shit ton of games. So it's not – I mean, it was just they, the coach lost them the season before. So he had players. It's, and then Joel Tilson, right, it's an easier conference in general. And if Scott Frost gets all the people from Florida to stick around and not transfer out before they ever play a snap at Nebraska, he likely has a different outcome. You can get You can go down the street – and get some three-star from some Florida high school that's faster than everybody on the Huskers team. Look at Dwight Boodle. He's the prime example of that. He was just, he was like a two-star. But he was so fucking fast. You can't coach that. You get a bunch of those guys on your team, man, and that's what he did at UCF. And, he had, and, and also, we had to do it with one hand. We needed to do it with one hand. Get to do it with one hand. <laughs> he was really good. Yeah, I know. He was dope. We need a dude that's got one hand and is really good at football. I think he just come, came back to Nebraska and fell back into being a, uh, you know, after a while he just fell back into I'm 20 all over again and I, I get agree. to do whatever I want and become a frat boy all over again and I'm Scott Frost and people would just fall out of the way and want to see me as some savior and I really don't have to work hard at this and I, I think it's the yeah you have to work hard at this part that probably did him in and I dude think, if, it's, if, a, if a handful of plays go differently yeah I mean we're talking a handful of plays he's still here and he's won a shit ton of games like, and the think? narrative is very different. Very different. Two dozen plays go differently. That's Maybe more than a handful. But over five years, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but Look, there wasn't really a game. He, there wasn't really a game that we weren't in under Frost. He just didn't know how to win. It was the intangibles. It was the little things. It was the, you know, it was like the what was between their ears. They didn't have someone. I, I, Scott Frost is not a bad coach. He will do well somewhere else, just not here. 
What do you think about this uh, quote from Matt Rule that Josh uh, shared with us? Bad teams do bad things. Well, yeah. it's true. True. That's why they're bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like that's like, like green is green because it's green. <laughs> it, it's it's a mix of blue and yellow. These two primary colors, they come together in a very synergetic way. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the spring game, and, and we're almost 50 minutes into this thing. We've not even scratched the surface on Colorado, and I know what everybody's thinking. Ah, oh, this is a Husker podcast. I don't hear. No, we're not. Like, we just want to make fun of them. That's all we want to do. We do the same with Iowa, except nobody cares about Iowa to report on their transfer portal uh, departures. So uh, Fred says, in regards to Saturday uh, at the spring game, the offense ran more shotgun and tempo than I thought they would, not as much deliberate huddle like Satterfield evangelized. Um, And here we go. Uh, Matt Hansen says, this is a more broad question. Why do you think Nebraska has neglected the offensive line through so many years and through different coaches? Because offensive linemen are hard to get. Yeah, everybody wants everybody every coach out there would love to have 30 offensive and defensive linemen that can play football and they're hard to get in order to get those people you have to go out and recruit your ass off you can't just go hey could you come to our school and then have them show up and that's really what it was i mean mike raleigh wasn't known for his recruiting prowess and you know that that other guy Pretty Mike much Ryan didn't do together some good recruiting classes, but they all left. Because yeah. even if you have great recruiting classes, if there's no substance, they're not going to stick around. Which is going to lead right into your, the next topic you want to talk about eventually. But that's what you're going to see in Colorado. You can have all the talent you want, but if there's nothing between the ears and there's no leadership, you're going to have. It doesn't matter how good your recruiting classes are. Josh makes an interesting point. Uh, He's a Nebraska native. Fullbacks, tight ends, and offensive linemen can be grown in Nebraska. That's the body types we have. Takes time, though. Well, we used to rely on farmers. We used to rely on them dudes from Crofton and Beamer. But those guys, they do everything with it's – not, it's, not, it's not the same as before. Farm boys aren't built like they were 30 years ago, man. It's all uh, it, because because farming is not the same industry that it was thirty years ago. Right. It's all yeah. it's all uh, been technologically advanced, and I know this because uh, you know I, my my brother in law and his whole family farms, and like my nephew who is fourteen, uh, was driving the tractor. He's like, no, it's all done by computers. I said, oh, yeah, you know what should- the deal is. Nobody's laying pipe anymore. That's what the. <laughs> freaking deal is tweety you missed it uh uh last week john was uh, regaling us with tales of of how he used to lay pipe when he was younger and it wasn't until after we were done uh it was uh, john myself and aaron rostovsky from coordination.com uh we told him our generation uh definition of laying pipe because john's over there like i used to lay pipe with my (laughs) (laughs) father-in-law Well, and a so, whole bunch of guys and some girls too. They'd be out there with their shirts off in the sun, sweaty, laying Where pipe. Laying pipe at? Uh, excuse me. I, on fields? Oh, okay. 
You, what the hell? Hey, you get the right people, you can lay pipe anywhere you want. All right. Uh, real quick, while we were talking about uh, Jeff Sims, we were talking about Casey Thompson. Owen Walker says, can Sims be a poor man's Vince Young? I think that's a good, a good, I think that's exactly what he could be. Let me, let me follow that up with like, do we want a poor man's Vince Young? Like, yes. cause Vince Young was yeah. awesome in college, but yeah, he sure as hell tanked in the NFL. He's the Kanye West I don't care about the NFL. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I'm agreed. Well, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to that. Vince that, Young uh, was the poor man's Tommy Frazier. There you go. So now we're getting the desperately poor man's Tommy for and you know what? They'd, they'd be all right. Let's let's see what happens. We're getting a homeless Tommy Frazier. <laughs> we, wow. You know what? If, if if that quote is taken out of context somewhere, we're gonna have a lot more listeners next week. <laughs> um all right. Well, we're definitely gonna talk about the the mercenary impact. Um Cornborn Mike, you've got a great question here. I'm gonna save I think for the very end, uh, but let's talk about attrition. Uh, we knew it was coming, you know, for weeks. Uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, how many scholar or how many players we had and how many we had to get down to, and the um, uh, the transfer and, portal. Yeah, but I was going to say like the analysis that the coaches were shut up. Um, it was announced earlier this week, I believe Tuesday, that Richard Torres is entering in the transfer portal. Who? Yep. Uh, Richard Torres, quarterback, Nebraska. Never heard of her. <laughs> well, it's a him. Dick Torres. <laughs> he didn't play. He played in the spring game. Well, yeah, but he didn't play. He didn't get on the field. He did not. In, in two years, he really didn't get on the field, so. But he was yeah, one that a lot of people were very uh, interested in. Yeah, well, but we had, your other options were Her, Her, Herberger and and uh, Logan Smothers, who I think is going to. I'm actually going to miss Logan Smothers. Somebody asked that earlier. Is he officially gone? Playing yes. for Nebraska. Blaine Cole is. That's really good. Playing for Nebraska was a choice. Kanye West. That's a. That's a under underrated thing right there there we go got to highlight that uh for you blaine um we did have yeah blaine speaking of back-to-back blaine here will anyone be missing logan smothers john you will well right tweety just said he would be oh, okay uh, yeah i definitely I, will be i won't be you would tell you us why no, I did. You know, it, he. I just don't think he was going to play at Nebraska at all. I hope that you know he goes somewhere where he can find peace and love and uh, time on the field as a quarterback. So there you go, peace, love, and time. I'm always interested in the guys that are still here. How's that for a good chummy? I just. I don't think Logan Smothers got. I think he just. I think if he had a better staff or went somewhere where they could have utilized right. him, I think he could have been. So I really, I had super high hopes for Logan Smothers coming out the gate, and it's too bad. Yeah, for- great McCaffrey, man. McCaffrey should have been a stupid wide receiver. Why would? 
Why? Yeah, let, let's read that. Logan should have got this is from Josh. Uh, Logan shoulda, shoulda, Josh. It is not a word. Uh, should have uh, got a shot instead of Bonehead McCaffrey. Just bummed at how that was handled. Um, yeah, I ag- agree. McCaffrey had so much upside. I mean, he talk about. We'll get there. He's not the only one we'll talk about, but he transferred twice in one offseason. Yeah. It's not a good look. I don't even know where he is now. Wait, who did? Lo- McCaffrey. Uh, Luke McCaffrey. Oh, he went to Louisville and then later went down to Rice in the same offseason. Wow. He could have been a receiver in the NFL. Could have been a running back in the NFL. Eh, he's a little small for that, don't you think? Yeah, they yeah. that they get that vitamin S, right? Well, in, in the, we got to talk about that. Um, all right, I had one here from Fred. Wandell would have been a, and Washington. Mo Washington, yeah, a lot of a lot of opportunity there that you know couldn't we couldn't help them. They couldn't you know help us. Uh, but Fred agreed with you. Uh, most of the guys leaving in the portal to echo Tweedy. Who? We had to lose some guys to get to the limit anyway, so it is what it is. And I don't I don't disagree. With with the sentiment again, when you got to get down to a certain number, um, you know, you still it is have another it. eight to ten to go. Yeah, it's not the end yet. Um, all right, so let's move to our neighbors to the west, shall we? Joel asks, "Is anyone getting tired of prime time?" Oh, not me. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Do, Do you really? Oh God, I want more. Why? Because I hate him so much. <laughs> Why do you hate him? He's just a guy trying to make his way through the world. Oh, is he? He's a millionaire. That Dude, <laughs> this guy rents a Lambo, okay? He rents a Lambo and then buys offensive linemen Louis Vuitton bags and has them stand in front of it. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? We're, we're, it's flash. He, it, it's all sizzle, no steak. Uh, he, they, Colorado had their spring game, you know, Saturday, just like Nebraska. And, uh, Dion was wearing a white cowboy hat. And I believe the quote that he made after is like, you see this white cowboy hat? This is my first rodeo. <laughs> you know? That dude has never been to a rodeo. <laughs> he never. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Josh, I believe in, in the comments said, uh, what are we up to? As far as transfer portal departures, I actually have a graphic. You know, to go back to that last thing real quick, uh, is anybody getting tired of it? You know, I kind of get tired of Nebraska fans being fascinated with Colorado, but at the same time, I'm thinking it's freaking not even May, and they're going to build the Nebraska-Colorado game up into this you know, mega, yep. you know, meeting of two teams trying to find themselves. Dude. Josh, Dude, what? What? Okay, use, please. You have a lot. The coronation has a big reach. This is what I really want, okay? I want Husker fans to buy all the tickets to that game, and then when Prime comes out, silence. We'll Nothing get it out will get there. under his skin more than on oh, his first true. game at home. He came out to silence, to no reaction. Yep. Not booze. Booze are just what as if good we as hum? What if we hum? 
No, I wanted to. I want to hear a pin drop. I want there to be like thirteen Colorado fans. They're like, yeah. well, cool. the the way Nebraska uh, fans invade, uh, you know, road 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 trip. There might only be thirteen Colorado fans, uh, but if there are thirteen Colorado fans, that means there's going to be twenty six pee filled balloons. So. Um, all right, well, let's get to it. Thank you for that, John. Uh, this is from earlier today. Colorado quarterback Nigel Bethel entered the NCAA transfer portal, the 55th Buffalo to enter the portal this offseason, 55. But honestly, they were the last team in the division, so it's, I mean, in the country, right? Like, they won in 11. Who gives a shit? They should all go. Yeah. Now, uh, let There's me ask you that. this. They're, there is that. They're bringing in talent like i don't have the i don't have these screenshots because again it's not a colorado podcast uh, but you know the bringing in uh like cornerbacks uh defensive backs from florida state uh linemen from tennessee uh there i just feel i you know kind, kind of going back to that mercenary line I, I or word i used earlier like these are guys who are coming in for for the, i mean they're why there's no money there's no money there there's no money no money college. Yeah, okay not no from no. no nil money well i no, mean can they, they, can they, they're not even paid deal they're getting all these yeah. promises that they're they're right. not going to be fulfilled they're not going to be fulfilled and then they're all going to come in with no practice until until fall ball or whatever right i mean it's going to be a shit show and TCU is going to beat the pants off of them so bad. Oh, that it's is going to be insane. And the hype, ah, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I hate it so much. I hate him so much. I love it. Um, thank <laughs> wow. you, Tweety, for, for being here. Uh, so they had a standout player at Colorado's uh, spring game, and yeah. uh, it is uh, Montana Limonius Craig. He had three catches, two touchdowns, 156 yards, something like that. And the next day, he entered the transfer portal. Uh, if you're watching this uh, with us, I mean, you can see the uh, schools that have reached out to him uh, since he entered the portal. You have Auburn, Penn State, West Virginia, uh, Mississippi State, Cal, uh, BYU, uh, Iowa, Penn State, uh, Arizona State, uh, Arkansas, Washington State, uh Northern Colorado, I think, or Colorado State, I can't remember. Where's Patrick? He would know that stuff. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, it's it, here. Here's the thing: we we heard there there was a, a player who was entering the transfer portal, and this is kind of what I want to talk about. There was a player uh, from Colorado entering the transfer portal who says, "Sorry, I can't provide any tape. Uh, they won't let me have access to any of my practice tape, things like that." I think, I, and the reason I'm bringing that up is I think Matt Rule's approach is different. I think Matt Rule maybe went out of his way to get some guys onto the field on Saturday to give them a little game tape if he knew, like, hey, we don't have a spot for you, but we're going to get you uh, a few opportunities on the field, see what you can put out there so that maybe another team can see what you can do. I see what's going on here. Okay. I see what is going on here. It didn't occur to me until just now what this is. 
this is you know in the back in the good old days the good old days when i was young and everything we used to when we played nebraska and oklahoma we played oklahoma it wasn't that we just wanted to beat oklahoma because they were oklahoma it was our morality our goodness against their evil that's what it always is and that's 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 that that's what this is now isn't it the colorado thing I think it's different. We do though, everything because- <laughs> right. We do everything right, and they're just a bunch of evil pot smoking hippie bastards. I'm not but a hippie that, just because I have true. long hair. But that's like, but we re- there was a respect. <laughs> um, uh, we had respect for Barry Switzer. We you know? we didn't for a while. We respected him more after he was gone. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that too, Tweety. What? What's a wow? I mean, come on. Nineteen eighty-six. Is that related to WAP? People hated his guts. Hated him because of what he represented. He cheated all the time. He paid his players. They had cars. Our players were good, wholesome, nice kids. Oh yeah. Didn't have cars that are. Yeah, they were really good, wholesome, but, nice kids, huh? We well, that's we Mr. Nebraska about that, Mr. Nebraska, nineteen ninety four about that, or what are we doing? We that's 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 what our our mentality is, and isn't that what's going on with Colorado? That's why we're more fascinated with beating Colorado, even though Minnesota is a way more important game as the first game of the season. So why do we hate Iowa? Iowa doesn't isn't more. I mean, you could argue that Iowa probably has a a little bit moral high ground than we do just because they suck so bad. They're clearly not cheating. <laughs> yeah, but they have nepotism. Yeah, so but I mean... If we always frown on nepotism. No, we no, I no, I love that Iowa has nepotism. They keep hiring... <laughs> Keep we hate, we hate Iowa. <laughs> we hate Iowa because... Well, nobody likes Iowa. Let's be honest. That's I mean, true. honestly... Yeah, they, but we, don't, we, don't like them for, we don't like them for different reasons, you know? Look, but Minnesota, I, I, Minnesota hates him. Wisconsin hates him. Oh, yeah. here we go. Josh, Josh says uh, we hate Iowa because their corn is terrible and they suck, but talk shit with an empty trophy case. Yeah. Plus, there's that. You know, their best thing. team ever beat our worst team ever by three points. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think I think with Colorado, it's as much like that quote unquote moral high ground as it is just they're horrible people who. Like, look, do you have to stand there and clap for the opposing team when they run off the field at the end? Do you have to be overly friendly, you know, with, with opposing fans? No. But you don't have to be assholes. And and I think that's, you know, from the story. But it's also really easy to clap. It's easy. It's really easy to be great fans when you lose three games in five years and you have five national championships in – 20 years or 15 right. years or whatever, like 20 years. So, like, it's very easy to be, like, great fans. Like, I'm not a oh, great yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm a shitty fan. I'm what? a shitty fan. Like, why? No, he's a shit-talking fan. I talk so much shit. And this is the guy, by the way, You, I believe you can still get it, but this is the guy who uh, made the documentary Through These Gates. Yeah, because I found it fascinating. People think that I made it, like, as, like, a... Like a um, look at love, it like, tribute. like a love letter. It is a love letter. I mean, yeah. I, it is a love letter. But like, it I wasn't. People thought that I was like one of those guys. Like, no, I just always thought it was fascinating that those 
that that people were like that we were like that. Like I was never like that. I was never one of those cheers the winner goes by bullshit. Like I mean, I I'm not like if you beat me, you beat me and I'm like, "All right, you win. Good job," you know, but I'm not like mm -hmm. No, that I'm not doing that. John, read this one from Fred. <laughs> Fred, why? Uh, because Fred I want to see if he says, can still read. Fred Sacco says, was in a council bluffs bar, I assume, a year ago. Iowa fan tried to make fun of me. I said, Iowa, not to be rude, but Iowa is nothing to us. They beat us but are still irrelevant, so really fuck Iowa. I really I think, wish you would have said know, that with some gumption. I think that, uh, number one, it, it, Iowa's black and gold, and uh, we have a tradition of having, you know, Missouri was supposed to be a rival and Colorado was supposed to be a rival. And I think it's fun to hate Iowa. I really do. I, I, I enjoy it. The reason it. Iowa, I think, sucks, the reason I think that people refuse to accept Iowa's a rival is because I'm not going to do it just because High V said so. High well, there's that. that. That's like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, you don't get to tell me what to do, High V. I'll tell you who my rival is, and it's not Iowa. <laughs> well, who is it then? Alabama. Oh, you know. <laughs> I want okay. Bama. You're still you're still about that thirty-eight to six Orange Bowl win in nineteen. I don't want a corporation to tell me who my rival is. I, I, I agree. Wisconsin's a better rival, honestly. No, North, Northwestern North better rival. Yeah. Colin J. By the way, Colin J. arrived late and wanted us to start the show over, but we're glad that Colin's still with us. But Colin says, Tweety, you're my favorite psychopath. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this one from Josh uh, a minute ago says, in 2003, now remember where we were as a country in 2003, uh, in the uh, global landscape. In 2003, my mother said if Colorado played Al-Qaeda, she didn't know who she'd root for. <laughs> Good mom right there. Yeah, she raised a winner. All right, uh, so let, let's get back real quick uh, because Joel says, how long before Dion moves on from Colorado? I think the okay, here's a how long before Colorado moves from Dion. That's I was going to say the same he, thing. No, no, I, I, I disagree. I think if you look, if here's the thing, that you need to take this perspective about Dion Sanders. The previous coach or the previous coach to Colorado was who that went to Michigan State? Mel Tucker. And how many games did he win? At Colorado? Yeah. Over what, two seasons? No. One season. One season. Was it how eight? How many games? No. Seven. No. Six, five, four. No, five. He won five games at Colorado, and Michigan State not only brought him there, but the next year after he, he did fairly well in getting in the transfer portal, they gave him a massive contract. So I think I look at Deion Sanders and I go, what is Deion Sanders doing? Well, if Deion Sanders brings in all these players and he wins four games, somebody out there is going to go, he did that all in one year. Maybe we'll take a chance on him too. So I think I think Deion Sanders just looks at Colorado and said, "This Stepping is a stone. springboard." Yeah, well, it's a perspective. If he I, does it all know, in one year, if he does it all in one year, if he wins four games, five games next year, he could land himself in Lincoln. That'll never happen. Well, he could land himself there if he wants to fly there, and I, we play him again somehow. But <laughs> I don't. I think that he's going to 
implode. If I was, if I like, if I could write out exactly what I think is going to happen, it's going to be they get their assholes ripped apart by TCU. Like I'm talking, like ripped apart. Um, like the connection tissues. Out, like <laughs> can't play football anymore. They're going to get. They're they're going to seventy to three type shit, and then. They're going to come to Nebraska. They're going to be beat up. They're going to – these are – you're talking about people that don't really have a game plan, a coach that's all ego, and then they're going to lose to Nebraska. And once you lose two in a row, it's off to the races. And then they're just going to get beat and beat and beat and beat and beat. And then you're going to see Dion start talking shit and blaming the athletic department on how they're not paying him and they're not doing this. And you're going to see all this bad blood between those two. And then Dion is gone. And because Dion's always been like that, yeah, yes. I mean, it's this like even when he played in the NFL, he was like a he wasn't like an upstanding guy. He was a mercenary. He got into a fight with Andre Risen, his former teammate. I love the, I love the wordplay by uh, Blankola. Prolapse in judgment. <laughs> a prolapse in judgment, indeed. Oh. Uh, I think it was uh, Josh here who said, uh, right on, John, another reason he wants all the transfers fast, get in and get out. What if he's successful? Then he's just I'll be, be able to – he, he would be able to uh, uh, have a bigger price tag to his next place where they, may act, where they may actually be able to pay him. I think if he's successful, he's probably going to go to Florida State, right? So – they might be due by then. Who is their coach? Jay Norville right now? Yeah, my buddy's a big Florida State fan, and he was like, we don't want him. <laughs> but if he wins, if he does well, I think they might want him. Right. It, look, it, it's it's prime time, Neon Dion. I mean, uh, he's – the spotlight's not too big for him, like for, for his personality, but I think the job may be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that he doesn't realize that he's old now. Like, kids don't know who he is. They don't give a shit. It's like, if you ask a kid, tell but me... he's always been on TV, though, right? I mean, like, he was an analyst or, or, or on a, the pregame or postgame on one of the, you know, CBS or, or NBC NFL programs. Yeah, but so is Troy Aikman. And ask most kids how they feel about Troy Aikman. They're going to be like, who? Gosh, how old are we? Old. Oh, whatever. Whatever. John, I have almost as much gray hair as you, and that's not – never mind. It's not counting my uh, nips that I heard about earlier in the show. Thanks for that, Tweety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so let's close the book. Not close the book. Let's at least turn the page uh, and, and, and stop talking about uh, Deion Sanders. Cornborn Mike had a really thought-provoking question earlier on the show, so uh, he's still here. I just saw his, his new comment, so I'm glad he's here for this one. Cornborn Mike wants to know, and this might be a good way to end the show unless the answers are yes, no, or, or something quick. Uh, Cornborn Mike says, will Matt Rule be the next Bob Devaney? I want Matt Rule to be the next Matt Rule. 
I don't yeah. want to try to put anything on him. I don't want him to be the next Tom Osborne. I certainly don't be the next Tom Osborne. I don't want him to be the next Bob Devaney. I want him to do what it is that he needs to do to win without any of these weird labels. Husker fans do this to every coach, and the more we do it, the more pressure it puts on them, and it, and more pressure it puts on the players, and it becomes this weird old thing. That's what I I don't want. So I hope not. But I do hope he'll win like Devaney. Just in his own way. John? Yeah, I I mean, I'd echo what he says. We do that to a lot of people. I mean, and and I get it. We want, you know, we need to label him so we can identify him. But, I mean, if you watch the spring game, I think the the two things you come away with that I, I think are obvious, and that's Jeff Sims was a lot better than anybody expected. And two, if we lose any offensive lineman to injury, uh, you know, I, 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 because of the status of the offensive line, I think if you thought somebody was a lunatic that thought we were going to go 12 and 0 this season, you probably would just want to go six and six, and anything after that is gravy. John, yeah. who did I say would win the spring game? <laughs> the, 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 the Frank Solich. I said Nebraska would win the spring game. Oh. Well, and did Wayne we though? Look- did yeah. we? Six right. fumbles? Well, wait, John. let me ask you this. Who lost the spring game? Shut up, Tweety. That's not the question I'm asking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one for one so far, so let's not uh, let's not ruin my streak, all right? I, I realize it's not a streak with just one uh, limited data. I'll, I'll say this. Going back to Frank Solich, when he was uh, the head coach, the, the anointed one, he was the hand-selected heir to Tom Osborne. Then you had Bill Callahan, who came in with the NFL Super Bowl, you know, uh, attendee uh, and was, pedigree. Was by the boosters and the fans before he was really given a fair shake. Then you had Bo Pelini, who had a little bit of time at, at Nebraska, was a uh, uh, defensive coordinator, national champion, you know, national champion defensive coordinator. And then you had Mike Riley, who had no Mike Riley is the Joe Biden of college football. <laughs> okay. He is. That's that's a good explanation. But he had no there was no title or hype given to Mike Riley. Mike Riley was the the lemon sorbet after, you know, to to cleanse the palate uh from from the previous uh entree. And then you had the golden boy. So you're right with Matt Rule and and Twitty, to your point, we're getting into that habit, or, or we're, we've been in that habit of of too much hype, you know, um, or or putting these titles on these coaches. Like you said, let him be Matt Rule. Let him do what work. He's already implementing what has worked. He's he's ingratiated himself with the high schools, with with the coaches. Uh, he's reconnected Nebraska and Texas. Uh, and he stands at a podium and doesn't sound like he's got a brain tumor. So it, all things are, are <laughs> God bless you. Uh, all things are, are moving in the right direction. I feel. Yeah. Bill Callahan was run off by the boosters and not given a fair shake. Yeah. What the hell? You won. You went 10 and two. I don't know if he didn't go 10 and two. Yes, he did. 
No, he didn't. Yes, he did. If he would have just gotten his defensive coordinator. No. He was the last. Yes. No. Yes. He was incapable of leading a team. No. He had yes. a bad defensive coordinator that refused to fire. He had the same problem that, and then he brought in a quarterback. He lived and died by his defensive coordinator and his quarterback. Sound familiar? His his problems were much bigger than his defensive coordinator. That's why he's a position coach in dude, the NFL. Won, dude, he would he would score fifty points and still somehow lose. Yeah. That doesn't sound like an offense problem. No, he. he Listen, there's a reason why he's a position coach in the NFL and his state a position coach. It's because he's incapable of leading a group of people. What do you mean he won what? a Super Bowl as a head coach? I don't think – didn't he lose? Oh, he no. lost. He, he lost. lost. He lost. Yeah. And he, um, and he, 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 killed the, he killed the Raiders because he couldn't make a decision. I don't – didn't their center go missing the night before the Super Bowl? <laughs> Because the night before the Super Bowl, Bill Callahan basically told him, I'm going to change the entire game plan that they'd worked on. And the guy just like was like, oh, I have to make all the fucking line calls, and I can't take this. And he basically took off. And the reason for that is because Bill Callahan was one of those guys that when everything's good, he's there to talk about it and take all the stuff. But when everything turns into shit, he's oh, one of those geez, guys that starts... Is so bad. He, he went starts, nine and five, not ten and two. I was yeah. gonna say. I was gonna I gently correct you, but that's all right. Well, I know a lot of people have the attitude about you know Bill Callahan's defense with Kevin Cosgrove, but I I think it's just much deeper than that. I mean, if he'd have gotten, if he if he listen, I think the biggest game uh, that. I represented that whole era with Bill Callahan was that game we played against Texas mm -hmm. and we were beating them until the fourth quarter when they suddenly accidentally ran a zone read and made a bunch of yards. And then it was like their guys go, oh my God, they can't defend the zone read, which everybody on the fucking planet knew that. And then they ran up like 300 yards in the fourth quarter, came back and beat the shit out of us. And all I could think about in that game is, Kevin Cosgrove could never defend those spread offenses. And mm, why in the hell didn't he defend anything? He sucked. Yeah, he was terrible. He was. He was he was a good big ten uh three yards in a cloud of dust guy. Okay. Um, I like this one from Blaine. Cole says the only two good things I could say about Callahan, he beat Michigan and he's gone. <laughs> I mean, honestly, rate him. Rank him. How do you rank the how do you rank him? Who? Uh, let's say Osborne for three, then Devaney, then who? Polini. Wait, what? How far back are we going? I'm just since 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 you've been alive, John. All right, oh let me go all the way back here to 1899. <laughs> well, I mean, you're looking at jumbo steam and things like that that people know. Or you know what? About. Let's start at Polini. Let's make it more interesting. Let's start at Polini. Or let's start at Solich. Rate him. I'd probably put, out of the coaches we've had, including Frank Solich, I'd put Bob Pelini at the top of those coaches. Agreed. Then who? Uh, probably Frank. Then who? Now's where it gets weird, right? It, then Bill, oh, God. Top three, isn't he? <laughs> I would say, I would probably say, I, I'd say Frank, Pelini, then Callahan, then yeah, Riley, okay, then Frost. I, yeah. 
I take Frost over Riley. I'll, I'll say this: it, it, it might be because it, he had you know Bo Pelini's leftovers, but Mike Riley actually made it to a bowl game and won. Well, he didn't though. Well, 2015. Yeah, but that bowl game wasn't that. Oh no, that was the that was the nine. Didn't he? Who got into a bowl game that didn't deserve to be there? Was that Frost? No, that was, that was Riley. Okay. I mean, he, they they finished the season six and seven, but. I, I I stand by that bowl game because I remember I watched that bowl game in uh, in the NICU uh, with my boy who was just a couple of days old. I watched that on my little iPad. So that was it's special to me. Damn it! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. my god! It's really, uh, I guess when you do that, Tweety, it's it's kind of horrifying. There was no curse. We're just really bad at hiring people. That's the curse. Also, if you look at if you look at Bo and you look at Callahan and you look at Frost, what were the major problems? They married quarterbacks that they shouldn't have, and they had bad defensive coordinators. I, I saw this. Uh, Pelini was his own defensive coordinator. What was Papuchis? It, come on. He was the defensive coordinator. No, he was once by Cara, name. Once Cara Pelini left. It really went downhill. I'll, I'll say this. I was reminded of, um, look, look I, I watched this game live, uh, you know, so I, I have the memories Josh very Man. vivid. Uh, it, was a, it was a New Year's Bowl. In fact, I think it might have been Nebraska's last New Year's Bowl. Um, it was the 2014 Gator Bowl against Georgia. And and the video, the clip that, that popped up was the ninety nine yard touchdown uh, to Quincy Nunwa. But you look at where Georgia went from in the last decade, nine years, whatever, and, and Nebraska. I give me give me that January first loss and put us back in a couple national championship games. I'd I'd taken that switch. But we we have like we were here. Both at eight and four. This is Nebraska. This is Georgia. It's uh, it's not fair. Football sucks. Football's awesome, dude. I know. I was kidding. Caring, caring about it sometimes sucks. Caring about it so much. That, I think that Matt Rule is going to. Um, I think he's going to be a good. He's doing it all right. The one thing about him I don't like is the whole placating to the fan base with the fullback bullshit. I gotta hit this from Terry. Uh, Terry is as close as anybody to John's age. Uh, Terry admits <laughs> that uh, we become so irrelevant that even at age seventy, I only watched three games last year. I turned on the channel to watch alone and watch people shoot squirrels. There's that, there's more on TV than that. <laughs> <laughs> there are other options. Yeah, I will uh, never turn a Husker game off, but I will leave the room. I figure, yeah. yeah. I, I figure since I, I do the show, I probably need to watch the game. That but is that's true. just me. I'll tell you what's really fun. Try this sometimes. You, you're going to miss out on the Twitter or the Slack party at the very beginning. But if you come in about an hour in, you can fast forward through all the commercials if you if you've DVR'd it. That's amazing. You got all one right. more pinned comment. I you do you you pinned it. Josh says the real curse was Perlman and Eichhorst and Peterson. 
Now, why why is Harvey Perlman in this? I think Josh just got confused. Josh said he was tired earlier. Well, now, Perlman why? also though because he was kind of anti football. He was anti Pelini. Was he, he was anti Pelini for sure? Okay, well, when your when your your head coach is acting like a jackass on the sideline and he's not winning that much, I mean, I can see why you'd get a, a little you frustrated. Won more games than anybody but the, Auburn. No, he didn't win as much as Nick Saban. I'm s- if you win as much as Nick Saban, you can act like Bo Pelini did on the sideline all day long. I mean, I don't know, man. I think that Bo. Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand why Harvey. Listen, I'll, we're an hour and a half into this, and I'll just go ahead and say this. People blame Harvey Perlman because they're not going to blame Tom Osborne for anything ever. Agreed. I'm pointing at your picture on my computer. Point to the camera. It's more effective. Agreed. <laughs> I I just think he's an easy scapegoat, and I I you know he got us into the Big Ten, and I think that was one of the best movies made in a long time. We haven't seen success, but our future is at least secure. You know, yeah, you for know all of our of our administration is yeah, but as of right now, that move to the Big Ten only did nothing for us except for line the pockets of you know. You know who I think is as big of a get, if not, and doesn't get doesn't get the credit he deserves, is probably as big a get as Rule, Trev Alberts. Trev Alberts, yeah, I agree with that. He's an adult. I think that was the other thing that was very apparent at the spring game is that somebody is in charge and they're doing things proactively and they're, you know, people won't like the changes. I'm sure that the people who have season tickets are going to find out that, oh, my God, my season ticket I've sat in for 20 years is now – I have to move over here, and they're probably going to shit themselves. But the guy is making moves, and he's doing things. And I think that those things are very important to move us ahead. There are worse things on game day than the blue hairs being moved over 15 and feet. Matt Hansen says defending defending Perlman, that's interesting. I, I don't know if I'm defending Harvey Perlman as much as I'm saying, why does he get blamed for so much of this? Because he sucks. Well, I I disagree with that. I think that 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 was a good academic move. I realize that if you, I realize if you don't give a shit about the university, Brian, I care about the university. But why does he get all the blame and then Osborne gets zero? What, I agree. Osborne should get a lot of blame. Osborne has done a lot to tank. Yeah. Do you think that it's done on purpose <laughs> to secure his legacy. Say that again? Oh, Do my you- God. That's a subject for another podcast. We're already an hour 30 <laughs> into this. What was the question? I, uh, I, you know, conspiracy theory, I don't I don't believe it. I just stirring up shit more than anything. John's, like, John doesn't want to be a part of this. So do you think he, he's tanked it on purpose to keep his legacy, like keep himself atop the pedestal? Um. I don't think he's that good a planner. I, I don't think he's that sinister. Yeah, I don't think he's that sinister either. I think he did what he thought was right. I just mm-hmm. think yeah. he was wrong. I agree with that. Last one here. Uh, Colin J says, the real curse started after Josh Banderas stole that bike. That is no shit right Or there. Or what about when Avery Moss put his uh, wiener up against uh, the, the glass? I mean, it's, you know, there's two. Yeah, two, but what was she wearing? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh my God! 
Nobody ever asked that question. <coughs> I don't oh think you're allowed. God. I don't think you're allowed to ask that question. Oh, my bad. <laughs> All right. On that note, dude, if every if every dude that pulled his wiener out at a Seven Eleven got kicked out of school, we would all be unemployed. I would not. And I'll, I'll, I'll quote Futurama, which is a show I love dearly, and I'll only say, I'm a grower, not a shower. I'm neither. I'm, I'm just <laughs> glad that people don't have cameras everywhere when I was young, and uh, they don't report everything when I was young. I'd just say that. I'd tell you a story, but I, I think I'll just I'll leave it for another time. Save that for next week. We got it's a long off season. We're here, and we appreciate all of you being here with us uh, for the Five Heart Show. Uh, we do this now uh, live every Thursday, nine o'clock Central, seven o'clock on the West Coast. Uh, and we are so appreciative that Ryan Tweedy is able to join us. So Tweedy, thank you uh, for for uh, being the new member. Be back. Uh, it is great to have you here. Uh, so thank you to all of the viewers. Thank you to all the listeners who just catch the audio version. Let me tell you, if you just hear, if you're just listening to this on Friday or Saturday, you're missing a lot of fun. Uh, so catch it early. Catch it live when we do this uh, again Thursdays at 9 o'clock. So for, uh, for Ryan Tweedy, for John Johnston, I'm Greg Mahachko. This is the Five Heart Podcast, and we remind each and every week, that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go get it, Roger. You want to try that one again? No, I don't. Tweety can take it. Fear no more the heat of the sun, nor the furious winter's rages. Thou thy worldly tasks are done. Home art gone. Entain thy wages. Golden lads and girls all must. As chimney sweepers come to dust. Oh, I'm going to have to up my game. All right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Go Big Red. Good night, everybody. Good night.